It's Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand, Season 3, Episode 4 with Connor Smith. I know Kenny Chesney is someone you look up to. Uh, do, you, do you have any stories about meeting him? There was about a year and a half ago, I was at breakfast, and um, this guy rolls up in this nice Jeep, beautiful girl, you know, in the shotgun. Like he gets out, and I just look, and I was like, that's Kenny Chesney, you know? And so he sat down right behind me, and we were back to back. And uh, I didn't say anything. Because I was like, you know what? When I meet him for the first time, it's going to be earned. Amazing conversation we got to have with Connor Smith in this podcast. The kid started writing. He got a publishing deal when he was 16 and in high school. So you know he's got some stories. Thanks for giving us a listen here at Taste of Country Nights On Demand. You can go on back and check out some of our other previous episodes. We've talked to Toby Keith, Jelly Roll, Dolly Parton as of late. Uh, You can always see them. Just search for Taste of Country Nights On Demand wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network. Evan Paul here with Connor Smith. Now, wait a minute before we start. (laughs) There's two Connor Smiths. There's one with an O. Yeah. There. Do you guys have beef? I mean, he's an old guy, I think. I mean, we don't have beef. They they spell it wrong on like half of my like green rooms and stuff, yeah. which is nice because it just kind of keeps humility always present. Do you want to meet the other guy and be like, what's up, dude? I'm all right. You know, like, <laughs> I, it never keeps me up at night, but like, if I need to, if I see him in the supermarket, it's going I'll down. say hello. Okay. Okay. What's your first country music memory, man? Oh, man, I saw Kenny Chesney when I was seven. But my first memory would be going to the Opry. I, you know, I grew up in Nashville, so I went to the Opry when I was six. Saw How Catch Him Play. He sang a song called Sure Love. And uh, I came home that night and, like, rewrote the lyrics. And that was the first time I ever writ, uh, writ wrote. Um, and thankfully, he didn't sue me for plagiarism, but uh, <laughs> and I was six. So I don't. Think yeah, who's going to sue a six-year-old? Yeah, yeah right? for sure. That's a benefit of that. But that's one of my first, you know, memories. So, um, Kenny, you said, was, was the other one? Yeah, Nissan Stadium. Wow. After a baseball game, I just played a baseball game out at Civitan in Brentwood. And um, my mom came. She said, I got two tickets to Kenny Chesney, and we drove downtown and went to the shows. It was awesome. Have you gotten to meet Kenny or work with him since? Man, I was at the BMI Awards last year, and um, he walked past me. And There's that's the all, story. That's all I needed. <laughs> and that is the end of the story. Kenny Chesney walked past Connor. So did you did he say anything? No. Okay, okay. I mean I did That's cool though. That's I legit. was at I was at breakfast. It was about a year and a half ago. I was at breakfast and um this guy rose up in this nice Jeep. Beautiful girl, you know, in the shotgun. And like he gets out and I just look and I was like, That's Kenny Chesney, you know? And so he sat down right behind me and we were back to back. And uh I didn't say anything because I was like, you know what? When I meet him for the first time, it's going to be earned. Wow. He's my guy. Kenny was my dude. Like, I got a guitar when I was four, and uh, uh, Big Star was the first song I ever played. Wow. Yeah. So you've really been, like, engulfed in country your whole life, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been everything for me, man. I don't, I don't know who I'd be without it. I just love storytelling, man. I love, uh, I love the Americanness uh, that you can, you can tell a story in three and a half minutes with the guitar. And uh, so I kind of gave my life to that pretty early on. Yeah, and I want to talk about this. This is interesting because, like, ball players, basketball and all, baseball, they'll, they'll get signed out of high school sometimes, yeah, yeah. and they'll go, I don't know that I've ever met anyone that got a publishing deal. Like, you were in high school or just graduated? Yeah, I was 16. I was going into my junior year. 
How does that work? Like, walk me through how a 16-year-old gets in touch with someone in Nashville. Like, how does this happen? You know, I, uh, it's, it's crazy, man. I, I just grew up around songwriters. I kind of grew up around the community. I had, you know, growing up in Nashville, like your teacher's husband's a songwriter, your best friend's dad's a songwriter. My first uh, girlfriend when I was in uh, seventh grade's dad was Brett James, who's like a massive country songwriter if you look him up. And so you're surrounded, man. It's all it's it feels realistic to have that as a dream. And so um, had a lot of a uh, lot of uh, mentors in the industry. And then when I was 16, I posted a video on Instagram of me singing a cop car by, by Keith Urban. And uh, one of the guys who wrote that song was Zach Crow, who's a massive producer in country. And so he saw the video and uh, reached out, um, and uh, literally, it's a wild story. I was at dinner with, with, with my family, and I said out loud, uh, you know, if anyone I want to work with in Nashville is that crowd. Completely random, had no connection, had nothing, like not even a, a glimpse. Uh, seven days later, I was in his studio. We started work, and he signed me to a publishing deal. Wow. Unbelievable. So. Uh, that's I guess that's what happens when you grow up in Nashville. What's that like though? Like walking through the hallways, like uh, you know, like you're cool, you're cool. I got a publishing deal. You're, you know, like what's that like? They don't care, man. I love that. You know, I went to uh, school uh, in in Brentwood, Tennessee, since I was in the sixth grade, and it's they just it it never faded. Like it wasn't like a big thing. I think being in Nashville, they're like, yeah, of course. I, I was always writing songs. I was kind of I was always the guy that. Was, uh, Played baseball and I wrote songs. That was kind of just what I was known as. I'd play at a lot of school functions or whatever. And so it was never, they didn't like blink twice when I signed a publishing deal, which which I loved. Um, and uh, if anything else, they just gave me a hard time for it, which is, okay. which is good. What's the downside of going viral? You went viral right away with I Hate Alabama. Is there a downside to that? Yeah, the, the label wants you to keep going viral. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't even have TikTok on my phone. Like, I don't even like. I'm I'm here to write country songs, and and there's a whole other side of of this industry now, and uh, I'm very thankful for kind of what it allows you and the way you can get your music out of people and, and connect with the fans, and so very grateful. But also, I you know, I found that I'm a uh, it's not always healthy for me uh, to just to stay on those apps. So that's the only downside to it. Okay, and Creek will rise to hear a little Dirks Bentley. Uh, has anybody said anything like oh, that? Oh, straight up, dude. I this is a true story. This was a couple weeks ago. I'm in my truck. I was with my fiance. We're we're driving down the road, and uh, hear this drum come in. I'm like, dude, Creek will rise is on the radio. We're getting rowdy, so I cranked that thing up, and it was what was I thinking by Dirk Spanley. I was like, oh, so close, so close. <laughs> so we'll get him next time. We'll get him next time. <laughs> wow, you yeah. mistook your own song. Yeah, close. I was like, I was like, man, I was like, we're on the radio, babe. And then it wow. was like, that's not me. Yeah, so. yeah. And have you met Dirk and work with him? Uh, I don't think I have. Um, you know, we're in mutual circles, and, and so um, I've heard he's just one of the best dudes, and so would love to hang with him. You know, I, I really did become inspired by a lot of his music as we were writing this record. I love kind of he has a bluegrass feel to things, and I felt like this record that we made kind of landed in a little bit of a modern bluegrass mm-hmm. taste. And so, um, yeah, we've definitely gotten some Dirk's comparisons, which is a big compliment. Okay. Have you met any of your other heroes that you grew up looking up to? Yeah, I mean, we I've met a lot of them. I mean, met Garth. I went on tour with Thomas Tourette, who was a massive. I got, you know, I uh, when I was sixteen, I went on a on a date with a girl to a Thomas Tourette show, and uh, I remember it was at a Ascend Amphitheater, and uh, we were up in the lawn, and 
and uh like he played die happy man we were trying i was trying to like you know slow dance with her like be be all sweet the next day she broke up with me um <laughs> and then like and then like four years later i'm on tour with him i'm like i guess i got the last laugh there you know yeah. what i mean so um, you had to tell that uh, story oh, on stage oh i did i did okay, good, yeah good. I, I told it a few times but um but yeah i mean little moments like that you know i've uh i've been lucky to uh have so many dreams come true and, and really man growing up for me the songwriters were kind of the idols like these massive songwriters craig wiseman neil thrasher kelly loveless Tom Douglas, um, Tim Collins, these guys that were like, you know, writing every amazing country song. Those were the the superstars of me. And so now I get to like work and write with them and like become collaborators and be in rooms and friends. It's like, that's the coolest part of it all. Which country star would you want with you if you were going to get into a bar fight? Um, I mean, Toby Keith's the first, first thought. <laughs> Um, and then Brantley Gilbert, obviously, were label mates. Everybody picks Brantley. Yeah, I mean that's just a clear. And then and then Jelly Roll, I think, would be. Oh. But I also think you know I do feel like Jelly Roll would kind of be the go-to. I'm a Nashville kid, and uh, he's always just been so good to me because I'm from Nashville. Okay. We've, we've got that hometown connection, and so literally just because I'm from his hometown, I think he would Tim. just kill someone for me. Like I feel that he's got that kind of heart. To I, him. I feel you know like he I mean? would. Yeah. Have you ever been punched in the face? Uh, uh, I, I mean, yeah, but my brother, but never by an, an outside source. Yeah, but what does it feel like? I mean, it's um, I never been punched in the face. Yeah, I mean, it's aggressive. I, I, so when I was a, <laughs> it's aggressive. So uh, I'll try to make the story short. When I was when I was a freshman in high school, I was playing on the varsity team, so we had like a big thing. Well, of course, they abused all the freshmen, right? And um, and so we had like a big boxing match and. Um, and so they're trying to get this other kid to go and he's like, I'm not doing it. And I was like, bro, you got to do it. And he's like, all right, well you do it. And I was like, all right, I'll step in. Either way, I go box this kid, kid named Cole Mackey, way bigger, way stronger than me. Dude wrecks me like freaking <laughs> two punch, bloody nose, like almost broke it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it didn't feel great. Dang. What a story though, man. What yeah, a story. I'm glad it happened. I, I, I did earn some street credit there though. And you know, now he's going like, yeah, yeah. I punched Connor Smith in the face. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Do you enjoy writing breakup songs or love songs more? Oh man. I just love telling stories. Uh, I, um, you know, a lot of the, more of the record leans towards love songs just cause that's kind of been the phase of life I've been in, but there's also. Uh, a song called Roulette on the Heart that's a heartbreak song, which might be my favorite song on the record. And, um, I just love a good country hook, man. So anyway, we can we can write something to a hook. It, it always lands. And heartbreak songs, especially when you're going through it, are always the easiest to write. Okay. Um, did, it, did getting engaged and being so in love change how you write any? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you're always inspired by what you're living. Um, and uh, you can kind of, you can be the best poet uh, based on what you're kind of naturally feeling. So I think a lot of, you know, a lot of this album was shaped by that um, and, uh, and that relationship. So I'm sure it had a pretty big, pretty big role into it. Okay. And Dustin Lynch, I noticed, cut a couple of your songs. Is there, What's your guys' relationship? Yeah, you know, Dustin and I have been around each other. We've got the same producer. Um, and uh, he's a really good dude. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I wrote a song since before I really knew Dustin, and, and he cut it. It was my first kind of major label cut, which was really yeah. cool for me. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so he's really good dude. We played some shows together. Uh, he's been, he's been a supporter of mine. All right. Tell me about your best and your worst days in country music. <laughs> oh man. Uh, a lot of both. One of my best days, we, 
one of the first shows I ever played, maybe the first show I, I ever played was um, up in a small town called Oxford, Ohio, at a school in Miami of Ohio. And they've got this little country bar, this little bar that on Wednesday nights turns into a country bar called Brick Street. And um, first show we ever played, we went up there, and it was like, it was the most uh, culture shocking, just kind of like, oh my gosh, because I'd never really played a show before. I didn't really have music out. And we went up there, and there was just like a craziness about it um, that kind of lit a fire in me of just like, man, let's get out on the road and let's go chase this down. So just those, all those first moments, you know, the first time, you, you know, you feel a crowd react. The first time I heard people sing, I hit Alabama back. Or the first time that I heard myself on the radio and it wasn't Dirk Bentley. It was like all those, <laughs> all those first are always awesome. Uh, and then worst, I mean, oh, man. We've had a couple songs die, die at radio, but that, I don't think that was the worst. There's been some days where you wake up with a headache and you're just like, man, I just want to be home right now. We, we did radio tour for months and months and months. There was one day I remember where I was probably three months into radio tour. I'd, gotten, I'd flown in the day before and then had to fly out the next day. I remember my pops was dropping me off at the airport, and I remember getting out at the airport just being like, man, what did I sign up for? Uh, so you, you definitely have some of those moments. I'm, I bet you're glad you didn't turn back. Oh, for sure, man. We're, yeah. we're having fun, and I got good people around me and just been, been really blessed. Cool, man. Well, congrats on the new album. Thank you, man. Love it, man. Sounds great, man. You're doing good things, man. Appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for having me, bro. Always a good time. Yes, sir. All right, we'll bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera to kind of go through this podcast here. What you got, man? I like Connor. He's a good kid. Yes. What, what was the one thing you wanted to know from him? Man, I wanted to know the songwriting aspect of how he became a songwriter so young. Because we're all songwriters when we're young. I mean, I had a couple notebooks, <laughs> sure. you know, whatever, yeah. writing songs about sunflower seeds or whatever. But how do you like get noticed and get a deal when you're that young and there isn't any like nepotism per se involved right. in it? So that's shocking. Well, he clearly had some connections. He grew up in the right neighborhood. Like he said, he was dating Brett James's daughter, I think is what he's. And Brett James is a huge songwriter. Like he's written a ton of hits for Carrie Underwood. I think he's written some Kenny Chesney hits like. He's a future Hall of Fame type caliber songwriter. Okay. Um, the other thing about Connor, too, is his mom was a, a music journalist. So there was some ties, although as he, she wasn't in the industry. Like, she's sort of a, a part of the industry. I wonder if, like, she preps him for interviews or she, like, said, oh, watch out for me. You know, what kind of feedback does she get there? Next time we have him in, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should ask, like, listen, does she, like, say, like, don't walk into a headline or something that you don't want to be? Yeah. yeah. I, w- I didn't know that he was... So, like, successful as a songwriter at, at, at a young age. Uh, that, that was news to me. Where did you find that? Um, IMDB? Okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah, under credits. Um, yeah, he, he had some songs picked up by, like, Red Akins. Um, nice. Yeah, a few. Like, a few picked up by other people. And these were when he was young. And I was like... It just boggles my mind that, you know, but once you sit and talk to, as you guys heard in the interview with Connor, like he is very, you could tell he's like smart, very cerebral, you know. And he seems to have a real knowledge for like, to, to the best that he'd be able to, like songwriting history, like who's some of the legendary songwriters. Yeah, are. like he was in the woods. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy who buys the album, 
and spends time on the back jacket or in the <laughs> yeah, album liner yeah. notes trying to figure out the songwriters, but also who's playing the guitar. Definitely. Like he knows of the studio musicians probably before he walks in there to record his album. I mean, I got to think it's got to be intimidating to be someone like him at 16, 17 years old sitting in with Rhett Aikens, like writing with Rhett Aikens. Like that's got to be crazy. I'd be terrified. Yeah. But then the other thing I thought was cool was how he went to dinner and was like back to back with Kenny and didn't say anything because it wasn't the right time. He, he needs to earn. Yeah, I thought that Kenny was Chesney. really cool because, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't earned it, and I would go nuts if I saw Kenny in, in public, you know? He needs to be picked up on Kenny's tour or something. Yeah, there needs to be a payback for that, a full circle story on that. Interviewing artists like Connor, this is a little bit of a... I guess, self-reflective statement or opinion, but like, it makes me feel a little bit old because it occurs to me, like some of the artists he's talking about, like Thomas Rhett, he was in seventh grade at that show at the amphitheater in Nashville. Like I could have been at that show covering it for taste of country. Yeah. Like these writers like Dalton Dover is another one, all these young writers who are really younger than 25. Yeah. Grew up knowing taste of country as like the source for country music news. And that boggles my mind because I it's, remember when we started Taste of Country. It was, yeah, well, he was like like four. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, that is crazy because when you're 22 and you're doing all these things, it's got to be crazy. I, I don't understand how you, you get through that as a 22-year-old. I wonder if that girl he, he talks about like knows. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And she knows she missed out. Were you tempted to go in on the wedding and get some wedding details? I was, but then, like, honestly, I was like, I, I was just looking at, it like, I don't know, anytime we ever, I was just looking at it from a headline perspective. I was like, I don't know, what's he going to say? Yeah, it's going to be a wedding. It's going to be cool. Yes. Boom. There's, what am I going to. So, I mean, but I, I wasn't asked <laughs> something about, like, I want to, to know a little bit more about his relationship and if he's picked up surfing because. He's engaged to a professional surfer. Really? Yeah, yeah. She's a surfer. Um, so I wanted to get in on that, but I just didn't. I and they know. live in Tennessee? That's... She lives in California. Oh. I mean, her thing is like, you yeah. know how the girls do on Instagram. It's like CA greater than some NC greater than TN. I don't know that. It's like from <laughs> California to North Carolina to Tennessee. Gotcha. I, but, but yeah, so... I'm I'm 99% sure she's a professional surfer. That 1% probably stopped me from asking just from her being him being like she doesn't surf. Yes, but the other thing about this album that sort of really opened my eyes is um like there's a bluegrass element to this album. And you hear it a little bit with Creek Will Rise, but there's some other songs where there's just heavy mandolin, heavy banjo, um kind of in the way that Dirk Bentley did when he was coming along and then the way Dirk's has certainly expanded on that with uh, album since what was I thinking but like that says to me like someone who's like big into bluegrass or is aware of bluegrass as a teenager like that's a different type of breed you mm-hmm. know what I mean like bluegrass guys in high school are kind of like their own yeah like like that's you know there's talent there first of all yeah because they're not just listening to top 40 radio it's like old souls yeah you have to search for bluegrass yeah I think and it's interesting because Billy, before the interview, was telling me that he has like a Dirk Bentley sound. And when I was just talking to him, there was some words that he said that sounded a little bit like talking to Dirk Bentley. And I was like, okay, like they really have that sound. And I know bluegrass is something that Dirk wants to explore more, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe I'm, 
I, you know as well as I do, they could have already cut an album together. Well, Dirks is always trying to sneak blue, bluegrass in through the back door as best he can. Yeah. He does a pretty good job of it. Yeah. Uh, I think it's cool that Connor Smith's able to do it on his debut album. You know, he's like sticking yeah. to his guns and putting out, and, and the songs are working. The other thing I wanted to ask about but didn't was the viral song, I Hate Alabama. He didn't write that. So oh, interesting. As a songwriter, your first big breakout is something you didn't write. Is that weird? That's but did you notice he was his hat he was wearing was Alabama covers colors? No. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was crimson okay. red and white. But he had a little Tennessee pin. I saw that. Yeah. So it was a little bit What's going on contrast. there? Contrast. And the song I, I hate Alabama, like you don't catch it the first few times you listen, but like the reason he hates Alabama isn't necessarily because it's because the he lost his girl. Oh, I see. In Alabama, that's the end of the chorus, but it's kind of a football song. I think. Are you allowed to like Alabama and Tennessee? No, oh, no, okay. no. Okay. That'd be like like in the the Cowboys and Redskins. Oh, okay, so he's Commanders, I guess. Now walking around with a Yankees and a Red Sox hat. Yeah, you can't. Do okay, that. there's no side like not none of those split household mailboxes are allowed with orange. <laughs> Interesting. Like yeah, that's how you get your mailbox closed by the neighborhood. <laughs> Interesting. Maybe his girl's an Alabama fan still, or I don't know. There's a lot of Nashville talent right now, and I feel like maybe eight, nine, ten years ago, everybody was coming from Georgia, specifically North Georgia. You had. Of course, Luke Bryant's, but Kip Moore's, Billy Currington's at the time, Jason Aldean. Like there was this whole—you could almost draw this line right up seventy-five to twenty-four to Nashville. But now we got guys like Nate Smith, uh, uh, Connor Smith. Um, who else is from Nashville that I'm not thinking of? Um, there's a female artist that is Nashville raised. Well, of course, as I start thinking about this, I my draw a blank. But there's three or four of them right now, where like Nashville songwriters are sort of having their day. And I find it interesting, A, that it's happening now, but B, like that, why isn't that always the case? Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't curious. know. Yeah, I don't know. I, everyone that we seem to talk to agrees that you need to take outside songs from Nashville. They have the best songwriters have to offer. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, one of the reasons why you have to take outside songs? Is it something political? Not so much political, I would say, but like Jay Owen. And Hunter Hayes, when they both released their first album, they were really proud about how they did the whole thing themselves. Yeah. Like, Hunter Hayes recorded every instrument himself. Okay. Wrote all the songs. Jake Owen wrote all the songs on his first album. And it was a fine album he made. But, like, when you do that, you alienate the community a little bit. Yeah. And I think you see that still to this day with Jake Owen, who's a little bit of a— yeah. An outsider. Hunter Hayes certainly never really recovered from it. Like, he wasn't embraced Mm -hmm. by the community. Like— you give all those guys a chance to play on your album, you're giving them all a paycheck. All of a sudden, they're rooting for you if the album was really good. Like, it's not political, but it's like kind of being a good sport. Ah, I see. In that the makes community. sense. Yeah. So anytime anybody brags about, oh, I wrote all the songs, I'm like, well, Okay. Okay. Maybe you shouldn't have done that, Hoss. And there's, yeah, there's a couple of them that do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. You need better advice. Yeah. And those, uh, those writers need to come from Nashville, not Georgia. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm throwing a few Nashville writers. (laughs) Exactly. One last thing I want to mention, because you mentioned uh, uh, earlier, we were chatting, you said about the wedding, you were thinking about the headlines. Uh Congratulations on becoming a true taste of country writer. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. you. That is tremendous. (laughs) No need to waste time, you know? A peek behind the curtains here about how we we do interviews. I've been um, 
A lot of what he asks is for the radio show, a lot of us for the podcast, but sometimes we kind of put questions in there that are just for the website. Or yeah, things right, that right. And, you know, if you're going to put a story on the website, you need a, a headline that's attractive. Yeah. You know, we don't want to be clickbait, but it's got to be attractive. And there's some Evan wants to knows, and I've learned to save those for when we're done, when we're taking pictures. You know, Evan wants to say, hey, I want to know that, you know. Well, what most of the Evan wants to knows have to do with sneakers. Lawn Lawn care. care. <laughs> Or uh, you had a long riff with Connor about coffee. Yeah, that's the new thing before the coffee cups. Yeah, yeah. And so this year, uh, Candid, I've got some coffee cups I'll be displaying. Uh, I've I've got actually just one other one other than my giant blue one. So look for those if you watch these videos. Um, Something exciting to live your life towards. I just listened to an interview we did a year ago with L. King, and it starts yeah. with coffee cup man. Her talking about the size of your coffee. Yeah, cup. this coffee cup's famous. That's why I, I hate to introduce another one, but I will. But the one I'm introducing, just know I asked for it for Christmas. It's that good. What is it? I almost busted it out, but I didn't bust it out yet. Time's not right. You need a, an art like a, a superstar artist. Like when Luke Combs comes back in here, yeah, there you go. you're gonna bring out the A-list coffee cup. When one of the Lukes comes out, do we're you, in. Do you choose your hat quality based on the artist uh, as well? No, not per se. More just based on availability in the closet, what matches and what doesn't have hair on it. From my cat. Why is your cat wearing your hat? They get once it gets on the floor. That's it. Even if you vacuum, and the kids, they step on them. I don't know. My kids step on my hats. They break the thing. My one kid, my other kid doesn't walk, but he's nothing wrong with him. He's just six months old. These are, these are first world problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for checking out Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand. Give us a like, a subscribe, uh, a comment, all that stuff. It all helps us out. We appreciate you listening. And make sure to flip on back and check out some of our previous interviews with some of your favorite country music superstars back in season one and season two. This is Taste of Country Nights On Demand.